Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello everyone, welcome to the Hugh Living Room and a very happy International Women's Day to all of the fabulous women all over the world, but especially here in Winnipeg and especially those that are joining us here in the Hugh Living Room. And uh, yeah, I know I'm feeling a little spring light. I have uh, Lenard Taylor's new spring collection. This dress is called Crystal and it is super comfortable, it is beautiful. You can just go to his website, lenardtaylor.com, and don't forget, if you're a first time on the website and you wanna go do some shopping, you just have to punch in I like Hugh 20 to get 20% off on your new spring wardrobe. So let's open up the gallery and welcome everybody into the living room. <laughs> Hello, ladies. Happy, happy, happy International Women's Day. Uh, that is one of our topics. But I'm going to start off the evening though with a very special guest. Her name is Bev Nettle. She's from Guelph. She, I, and I love this title and please correct me uh, Bev if it's wrong, but a warm line facilitator. Uh, she is a peer support worker working in Guelph, like I said, with the Canadian Mental Health Association. She is a good friend and a, uh, I guess, a student of Robin Priest. So thank you, Robin, and of course, Charlotte, for introducing me to Bev, because Bev has a real special story, like I told all of you to, um, and it fits in with this day, International Women's Day, because the subject may be heavy, but I think part of having an International Women's Day is also to have a platform and the freedom to talk about issues and topics that we don't often speak about. So I'm going to leave the stage to Bev to share your story, Bev, on a very personal story that I think, and we'll find out, affects a lot of women. Okay, thank you, Tracy. Um, I'm going to talk about uh, losing my son to stillbirth many years back. Um, but it still affects me, of course. Um, when I think back on the death of my baby Brody during labor, it was the lost opportunities that have had the longest effects. But at the time, I felt guilty, and that was the pervasive thought. Um, I felt that I should have known that his cord was twisting and that he was in peril. I've heard that on some level we can hear houseplants, high-pitched pleas for water. So surely we hear our little ones in the womb. And so guilt can affect a person's self-esteem and that happened to me over time. Um, I'll just give a bit of a, in, some information about my 
the labor. We had planned for a home birth. Um, I chose my midwife before I met my husband. I just met her and she wasn't even midwife yet. But um, anyway, so it was one of those meant to be's, I think. Um, labor began really well. It was in April 16th, 1996. My parents came over and we played cards and uh, it wasn't until the middle of the night that contractions became intense. And so I had a bath and my husband played the guitar and we sang songs by candlelight because uh, it seemed to be the thing to do. <laughs> so my midwife and doula arrived around six in the morning and um, it wasn't until later that morning that labor started to stall a bit. So we went out for a bit of a walk and I saw my first robin of the season and thought it would bring uh, good luck. In the afternoon, I was just finished chatting with my mom on the phone when my midwife asked to check the baby's heart tones. When she did, she said there weren't any signs of life. Left the room and called 911. So sirens stopped in front of the house, EMTs and firefighters rushed in, shocking my husband and me. And I was carried down the stairs, mummy-like in a chair, before I could tell them that I'd prefer to walk on my own. In the hospital, uh, a midwife I didn't know broke my water. And, but the doctor on call was really lovely. He wanted me to have a quiet labor. So um, I asked for an epidural. I didn't know that it slowed down labor. So um, I guess it was eight in the morning that staff burst into the room and said the baby had to be born now. And I didn't understand the flurry, but later I was told there'd been a staff change and that they didn't want a birth of a dead child to hang over their day. So I ended up having an episiotomy and the doctor who delivered Brody said that if he had been my doctor, my baby would have been alive. And he told me that on two occasions, even though stillbirths are not uncommon in hospital births. Um, my, after that, the, the nurses were very kind and they put Brody in a, in a little outfit with booties and a hat on his red haired head and he was wrapped in a, a quilt that volunteers had made and there was a lot of kindness and um, when Brody's dad opened his eye, his Brody's eyes, he had the most exquisite blue eyes I've ever seen. And I gasped at first glimpse. And over the years, I've written many poems about his eyes. Uh, I, I tend to write a lot of poetry. Um, we spent 24 hours with our child and, in the hospital. And people came by and visited. And I remember waiting for my spouse to bring the car when I was released from the hospital. And, I just felt lonely without my child. So I wrote, this is the first poem I wrote after my child passed. I'm all alone inside this shell of bone and blood and sinew. He grew inside me. I knew him well, but now he's gone and I am empty. Uh, I wrote one more recent poem it's called You. I was drawn to you, lustrous lashes, eyes of crystal blue. 
transfixed to that mix. Then you left, not a glimpse of you since. Maybe someday when my time to move on is here, life will smile on me and I'll see those eyes so dear. So I can just stop there, uh, like there's other, I can look at healing and things like that if people are interested, but um, that covers the, the basic labor. I wanted to ask Bev to join us because of the story and, you know, hoping that it brings to light and some comfort to any, wo any woman out there that has gone through what Bev has gone through. And to be honest, we don't talk about stillbirth. And uh, Bev, I have a son the same age as what Brody would have been. So uh, it affects all of us. And I, and I was kind of looking at the ladies too in the living room and you can't help but get emotional. And I just, I, I guess I'll start it off uh, for you, Bev, um, what was it, or was there a moment where you knew that you had to move forward from the uh, I think it was a, a long process uh, for, like, we, we had a, a funeral and a and a memorial at our house and at a funeral home to start. And, you know, over 70 of our friends turned up and like at our house, we had, I think 76 friends and 17 kids. And we have a very um, caring community. And so the funeral itself was just a mixture of, of you know, um, a way to work through aspects of the pain and for everyone around me because I'd had people that I knew quite well cross the street to avoid talking to me after I lost my child and I made note of who was avoiding me and I, over time I gradually talked to each one and they all had their own stories they weren't they weren't trying to be hurtful in any way they just had their own pain and that was helpful for me because with stillbirth there's so much stigma mm -hmm. and it was just really helpful to know they had their own things going on it wasn't about me and I appreciated that I also used to be a reflexologist so I went back to the hospital to the um to the uh, maternity ward and gave foot massages to nurses on staff for as a volunteer um oh boy we did lots of things uh, we made a i have that here a, like an urn for his ashes that that we just spread recently um in a in a forest nearby and had a little family ceremony and singing we do a lot of singing in my family so that's also part of what we did yeah. Um, does anybody have any questions for Bev? I, oh, sorry. Can I ask a yeah. question? Yes, go ahead, mm -hmm. Onalu. Everybody, Onalu. <laughs> she is a musician and she will have her own story too, a happy one. Uh, and she will perform a song for us at the end 
of our show. So I'm very happy we'll have music to celebrate. But go ahead, okay. Ona. <laughs> Thanks for sharing, Bev. I can't imagine the magnitude of your pain. And I, I'm, I just want to ask you for people going through such enormous pain. Like, what do you think was, uh, now looking back on those first years, what held you together? What kept you from going to the darkest hole and staying mm. there? Um, I had a child. My son Bowden was born. I, I think I, I decided because I was in my late 30s, I wanted to have uh, a child. And so we got pregnant, I think, a few months after um, Brody died. And so... Um, yeah, that, that was helpful for me because I focused a lot on, on, um, yeah, his, his sweetness. <laughs> he was just a beautiful baby, but, um, I ended up with postpartum depression and I, uh, when I was weaning Bowden, I found out later that it's very common when a person is weaning to have mental health issues and I was hospitalized with mania and so I was in and out of hospitals for I think six years so and part of that was because of my baby and part of it was because of other issues that I've gone through wow. I don't know if that answered your question I'm sorry yes uh, it, just, it just tells me more how incredibly strong you are um, oh, thank you thanks. thank you very much I'm going to hmm. dedicate my song to you. Oh, <laughs> that's so nice. Oh. Does anybody else have any questions for Bev? Yes, Linda. Thank you for telling your story, Beverly. I, um, I wasn't expecting to uh, just be touched so deeply. Um, so um, I wanted to ask you, because you've processed this uh, grief and your story helps other people who've gone through similar things as as you've pointed out the the shame that the doctor added on to your grief um, I just appreciate that you're sharing your story and you can help other people who might feel stigmatized for loss um, that it's it's not their shame like it's it's, it's you know, I, I, how did you, how did that come to make sense to you? How did you come to realize that that wasn't, that wasn't ever meant to be part of your story? Gosh, that's a good question. Um, I, I have to think about it a little bit. I, I think it was just so many things over the period of time, like we planted daffodils and we you know there's so many different things I, I can't even think of them all over the years and for me mostly I wrote a lot of poetry and that is sort of my way of dealing with trauma and I wrote a book um that I have it's here somewhere um this one like it's called finding meaning poetry for painful times and just goes through aspects of grief and loss and and then I put it into 
chapters. And so for me, it, it was part of my healing, like starting with grief and loss and then loss of relationships and social justice issues, resilience, nature and hope. So it was sort of how to move. And I, I just think it's always in tandem you have the pain and you have a bit of healing and it, it just sort of comes comes together it did for me anyway yeah. robin you had your hand up yeah um hi Bev. it's so cool to, to be on this with you and and part of the conversation we had before i introduced you to tracy was about you were sharing some of those poems from when like Brody died to like how you were reimagining those poems now. And I, I yes. love that you shared that. And and part of that resonated for me to say, wouldn't it be like great to have a conversation about that piece for you, how that moved kind of from that raw that, that raw poem to to the next ones that you were writing and that was part of the part of the conversation we were having so i don't know if you got something you want to share about that journey sure sure i when i wrote this book i i just thought okay i've worked through it this in so many different ways i i need to move my where am i now how does brody fit into that picture so i i guess that's how that started and um i'd written the first poem that i read right uh, right away and then i i can read just some a couple of short things that one was on his when he was 25 i wrote a poem called silent love your eyes were azure blue. Wish you were here. I'd look at you with pride and love and wish my boy a happy birthday. But instead I sigh and talk to the sky and feel foolish doing so. So I went from there and then this is the more recent. Your eyes blue and bright as crystal angled by the firelight. In the song when they say uh, not to love blue eyes, they got it wrong. I'm transfixed by the azure blue that I see when I look at you. I'm thankful for the countless sky encapsulated in your eyes. So it's about Brody, but it's broader. And so I guess that's sort of what I was trying to do with a lot of my poetry. Wow. Well, thanks so much, Bev. Is there anybody else You're welcome. Um, that has anything to, wants to know or care to ask, Bev? We're all good? Well, I mean, we're going to keep on with the conversation and, and topics too as well, but uh, I guess, okay, International Women's Day. <laughs> Everybody's kind of sad now. <laughs> okay, I know. Sorry. <laughs> I'm inspired. I'm inspired by Bev's strength. Yeah. I, well, I, that's that's what I was hoping. Uh, Bev is. You are a very special person, and it's women like you that we can learn from. And I and that is indeed what this whole day is about. Uh, but in light of everything that's going on in the world, how, how are we doing? How are women doing? 
Um, I always like to call her our social justice person, Allie. <laughs> what do you think? How, how are we doing? How is the world doing or how are we doing here? <laughs> well, okay. um, let's talk about the world. Okay, right now. For sure. You know, that's actually such a, it's a, it's a really good topic because I was having this conversation with a couple colleagues and, you know, we're at home and I don't know about you guys, but I try my best to not go on the news too much just like a little bit here and there. I don't want to sit there because it's a rabbit hole and I'll be on there all day long. So I do my best just to kind of briefly check it, but we all kind of do this at home at nighttime and then we go into work. I don't know what you all do, but I go into work and then I'm like acting as if I didn't just watch what I just watched all night on the news. Like there's this all this stuff happening right now in the Ukraine and there's actual, you know, we're living in a time of war right now. And then I'm going to work and I'm walking in with my iced coffee and I'm like, hey, how's everybody doing? And it's just so bizarre for me. And I feel a lot of the times I feel really helpless. Um, I feel like, how can we be doing more and how can I use the privilege that I do have, um, not only as a settler, but as somebody who who is not going through any of that any of it at all and wanting to be able to provide those resources so right now um i think it's a really hard time for all of us to, to want to celebrate i think we're all kind of walking and tiptoeing in that area of wanting to be really happy but then also understanding that we really need to be taking our hats off to, to the the warrior women right now in the ukraine who are really holding it together and who are, who are really putting you know um their strength forward it's it's incredible to see so i think right now this year for me personally it's been a little bit more difficult of course i never want to to have one thing trump the other and forget about all the other positive things that are happening but it is difficult to to be incredibly positive on you know when this when there's so much adversity happening so um i think we're doing really well in terms of um where we're at i don't know about you guys but this pandemic has been really inspiring and i've seen so many incredible things happen and and just knowing that it's gonna kind of snowball from there is really really terrific and it's really exciting but yeah it's just that that heavy feeling and i don't know if any of you feel the same but just difficult sometimes and i'll even catch myself kind of being really happy or excited about something and then get reminded of the ugly truth that's happening right now across the world and it's just tiptoeing between wanting to celebrate but also wanting to to do so much more and so that's kind of where i'm at right now and how i feel in the world and and how uh how we're doing abroad and, and also locally hmm okay so sylvia <laughs> i think i'm feeling some of those same things i tend to um want to fix the world it's kind of it's kind of what I do. Um, so I would agree that there is there's some guilt, um, and maybe it's a variation on survivor guilt because we don't we're not living it. We all have our own issues, mm -hmm. but in many respects, they're very first world problems. You know, um, I actually really want to apologize to Beverly because at the very beginning, when I first hopped on. I was somewhat lamenting that my son has moved to Texas and the grief has settled into my back and not knowing that Bev would be on, um, who would give anything to have a son that lives in Texas. So I apologize for that insensitivity, Bev. It never occurred to me. It occurred to me as soon as you started mm -hmm. talking, I'm like, 
but you don't know what you don't know. So now that I know, I just want to say, I know that your son would have been so blessed to have you as his mama. And when I think about my son moving to Texas, it's really a first world problem because he's (laughs) safe and he's happy and it's not a war war torn country. So I think, you know, I'm having a lot of this sort of these mixed emotions as well, kind of, you know, I'm in the middle of the kitchen renovation and I'm not complaining about it at all, but I'm trying to sort like my biggest problem for next week is sorting out when the trades are coming. You know, there are people fighting for their life in another country. And so there's, there's guilt around that for me um, in moments. And then, and then the other side of it is just wanting to experience, I'm very intentional about happiness and about positivity and joy, you know, and I build that into my um, attitude every day. So there's, there's that, right? And I think, I think women are doing really well, but I think it's important for us to recognize that sometimes doing well means we're in survival mode. And we are coming down off that crazy bell curve of, you know, people having increased suicide and and, um, addiction and post-traumatic stress disorder and all these things as a result of this pandemic. We're starting to see a little bit of a downward turn now where maybe some people are kind of hanging on. But I still think that, you know, 12 months from now, we are going to see that the long-term effect of this chronic stress is really going to explode. And it's, we're going to see a lot of women affected. So we're trying to hold it all together. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I totally agree. Uh, I'm gonna go to our, our, another, our special guest here, Ona Lu. And Ona, your home country is Argentina. So, you know, maybe give us a little history and background on the way of life there the you know especially for women and how things have maybe changed there now or have they well um in argentina culture has been changing a lot like in the course of my life it's uh, amazing how awareness has changed like when i was a little kid everything on tv would be like um women being objectified and and jokes about women and it'll be completely normal and women and men would laugh about it and we wouldn't even recognize anything wrong with that and today uh, especially in the last 15 years there's have been a big there have been a big development of the feminist um, activism many many groups um, and it has changed so much uh, but it's still there's still so much rub and and there is so many people who still don't realize how much is to be done. You know, um, there is a still a, a big big culture of women staying at home and uh, in Argentina, and uh, there is a a lot of violence. You know, a mm-hmm. lot of crimes, uh, spouses killing. <laughs> Their, their, their partner and group rapes and horrific crimes going on and incredible numbers. And it clearly 
it's clear the need for a change. You know, I, I, I always think I, it's not that I think that men are inherently, inherently like evil. <laughs> I don't think that. I think it's a whole culture that uh, puts men and women in certain roles and it um, encourages behaviors. So it's such a deep change that we have to do that it's um, it's easy to get um, overwhelmed. Like the same that it's easy to get overwhelmed with the situation today and the war and everything that's going on and the pandemic. So I, I think what I do to lower my anxiety and is just, okay, what's my responsibility in my in my close little private life? How can I make life better for the people around me? Be the most critical about what I do, criticize myself and try to be fair and and yeah, just, for example, creating this song and releasing it today. That's something I, I thought I could do to keep the conversation alive. Um, the, the song is written to inspire, to empower any person who is in that situation of oppression, to remind them of their strength that we have the strength to to change our situation and yeah and i don't know i kind of lost my thread but you ask me tracy <laughs> about anything that i said <laughs> does anybody uh, anybody have a question for onalu no oh, i guess maybe onalu i was just going to ask you how do you see winnipeg now that you've been living here in canada in terms of, of this, of yes. women's yes. role, um, well, I, I, I couldn't say I know the culture that much as to have an opinion. Like, the way I see it is not bad, you know? <laughs> I see lots of, of women um, working everywhere, you know, very much part of the working force in all places, more than in Argentina, I think. But I, I couldn't say anything beyond that. I don't know. Okay, fair, fair enough. <laughs> Linda, okay, so you coach a lot of women in business. Um, and obviously we've seen a huge growth of women, especially in entrepreneurship, uh, owning their own business, you know, being the boss. How far have we come along? Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, so I'm going to 
That's a great question, Tracy. Uh, and <laughs> I was really thinking about this today in that women that I know who have gone into business, it's um, our whole lives, we are regulated. People regulate our bodies. They regulate our roles. They regulate what we're supposed to think, what we're supposed to be as a good girl, all the things, right? We're, we're, we go through school and we're told what to do. We go to work, we're told what to do. Then you go into business and all of a sudden they say, oh, no, 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 you make up all the rules now. It's <laughs> like you get to decide everything. You get to decide your day and how you, you know, set up your systems and who your clients are and what you're going to sell. For most women, it's completely overwhelming. It's like, what is happening? It, we're, we're not used to being in that role of leading ourselves. And I think there, there can be quite a shift that needs to happen when you go into business, that you are all of a sudden responsible for your decisions and the results that are gonna happen. For a lot of people, it's like they freeze, they procrastinate, they don't, you know, they don't know how to move forward because we're not socialized in the way that we need to be to be true leaders and to be um, comfortable with having power and influence. So I was thinking about this today because one of the things, you know, I loved this conversation that we were having, uh, which is can we celebrate right now with what's going on in the world? Can we feel good? Uh, you know, where, how do we, how do we navigate those, those feelings? Um, my point of view is always, if you can generate a positive, um, motivating feeling, then do it. Like we have enough things that tear us down in this world. If you have moments where you feel good, like lean into that. Don't hold back and say, you know, I shouldn't feel this way because of guilt, you know, or, you know, other people are suffering. So I, I you know, I, I should tamp it down. I'm, I'm like, no, 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 no. The world is going to kick you around. Just if you feel some joy and some moment of, um, beauty and delight, like lean in and feel that. And then also to ask yourself, how am I powerful right now? How am I already a leader? How am I already having great influence? And I appreciated listening to Beverly because your story is such a, a great example of true leadership, true um, influence in this world. You know, your, your poetry and your words and your, um, your ability to share something so personal with the world, to me, is the epitome of what I value uh, and what I hope that the world moves more towards valuing that that is the direction that i want to see us moving in that's the kind of leadership that i um that i respond to and that i follow and that i think um i think is very possible and i think there is a a shift a paradigm shift in the world 
that is uh, opening up to that uh, kind of message. So thank you for that. Oh, well, that's, that's so like, you're always so insightful, Linda. And uh, again, so maybe it sounds like, yeah, um, being truthful and um, being yourself and people aren't stupid. They can read right through the camera lens or the zoom lens or whatever you're on. And I'm going to throw it to Rana now. <laughs> being your true self. Uh, you know. <laughs> um, happy uh, International Women's Day, all you wonderful people. Um, Beva, just Beverly, and I'm sorry. I don't know why I just resorted to calling you Bev as if I've known you my whole life. And I apologize for that. I did that in the chat as well. I go um, by both. <laughs> okay, but um, no, your words were beautiful, and I definitely was. I was having a hard time holding it together, which is why I didn't jump in right away and ask you any questions. And um, I just want to thank you for your vulnerability and um, you know your words of sharing your own strength. And I think it gives other people strength to 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 hear how uh, someone else has overcome some some very uh, emotional and very uh, deep grief. So, so I just wanted to thank you for that. And I really, uh, your your story really did touch me. Um, so, International Women's Day. I just want to kind of respond to Linda because she said some always, as always, um, some very um, insightful things. And I just want to kind of feed off what she just said. You know, uh, and I'm just gonna say it um, as always, and it is what it is. But, you know. We want authentic leadership. We want people, uh, or we feel like we want uh, leaders who are, you know, ultimately what I say very often is kind of lead from the heart, you know, uh, put people, put human beings over policy and politics and uh, start from that foundation and make decisions with that in mind. Uh, without all the other noise, without all the politics of it all and all the, you know, who said what and, you know, what guy wants to be more powerful than the other guy and whatever it is. And, th and that's truthfully what it is. And I, I think if people were really going to be honest about the state of leadership in the world, they would realize that everything is resolvable. Everything is manageable. Uh, what we're dealing with are people, men, predominantly men, uh, with very serious ego issues and um, their leadership styles perhaps no longer um, mesh with the world we want to see tomorrow, 10 years from now, and 20 years from now. Um, and I think that we have to have that really click in our head that we no longer want that. Uh, because what's happening in Ukraine shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. I mean, anyone who watches anything international, um, it should not have been a surprise to anyone. You have a tyrant at the helm of a country, and in any other country where they had a tyrant at the helm of it, you had the states go in, bomb the out of it, and leave everyone high and dry to deal with whatever they had to deal with. So let's just be honest about that, too. And, um, you know, if anyone ever watches my post, um, you know, uh, absolutely always in solidarity with anyone, anyone any country in any part of the world, whether they're white, black, brown, whatever else, who have been going through wars. And uh, I'm going to throw out Yemen, Syria, 
and all the other wars that have been going on for six, seven years and famines that have been going on and the results of people dying and children starving to death and uh, gang rapes and all the other stuff. Um, so, so war has been happening all around us for a very long time. Um, and what this war has done, it has definitely garnered um, the international and local support of everyone across the board, um, including those people whose own countries have been at war for decades, years, and who have been fleeing their countries for years. So um, there is a really full circle moment there where you can see people hopefully realizing that um, just because it's on your front, your, your screen doesn't mean it's not happening anywhere else. So I just want to really acknowledge that and take a moment to uh, draw attention to that because I think uh, babies are babies, women are women, whether they look one certain way or another, they're women. Uh, children are children, no matter what they look like, they're children and families torn apart or families torn apart. And I think that I'm a person of uh, the belief that we all bleed the same blood, so I would hope that we would all feel the same across the board anywhere. So that's about that. The second question you asked, or how are women doing? I think Linda put it perfectly. Uh, take any joy you can, <laughs> any any moment of uh, happiness and joy that you can find. And I just want to speak to what Sylvia said because it was very important, and uh, I've really been speaking about this often lately as well, is that... Um, you know, we need to not be tone deaf of what is actually happening. Um, and as much as, you know, there's all these very normal issues that we always deal with, you know, how our business is doing, including mine, like how are all these things doing? Um, but this is a scenario where the tables have kind of turned because the people aren't doing okay. People are not doing okay. Everything else will come, but when your people aren't okay, um, that's where we have to put all of our focus. So that's in domestic violence issues, uh, any social justice issue across the board, donating what we can, where we can, how we can uh, to anywhere that needs it at the moment. Uh, that includes uh, being very, you know, not, not being actively engaged in other people's business, but um, you know, there's a lot of domestic violence issues happening right now. People, you know, there's things that are just coming to light. So uh, I just think we just have to kind of flip the flip the script for a bit here and really start focusing on what families are doing, how families are doing, how children are doing. Um, are they getting the food that they need at schools? You know, there's a lot of financial crisis right now in homes and people aren't talking about it. So there's just a lot of things. And um, you know, I'll wrap it up with just what Linda said, you know, in spite of all of that, um, you know, I had posted this a few days ago, you know, put women, just put us everywhere, <laughs> just put us everywhere and give it a, give, give it a shot because I think, I think the, the situation hasn't worked. I think we can all agree that the situation across the world as it has been going, just doesn't work. Um, and I think we need some new thought processes and perhaps people who are more willing to uh, collaborate from the heart rather than uh, who has the biggest. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> 
Okay, well that leaves me with Charlotte and Robin. And what a great segue. It's the people that need to be fixed. Well, only they can fix themselves, right? But, um, oh man, lots of stuff going in my head. Um, Bev, it was nice meeting you. Heard lots about you from Robin. And thank you for sharing your story. Um, I thought of two of my friends who, who uh, lost children similar to your story. And I appreciate you coming forward and talking about it. Um, and I was one of those people that didn't know how to do, you know, I went over to the house and, and tried my best. So I, I appreciate you sharing that part of it. Um, for me, I, I wanted to talk a little bit of um, the importance of connection and, and celebrating friendship and women. And last week was a hard week for me. Um, there was uh, two young women who lost their lives in Winnipeg um, to mental health challenges, and they had their whole life ahead of them. So uh, grieving with the community around that. And, and also on a personal note, I, I, I went for dinner the other night with my, a good friend of my partner's we stopped by his house. I had a wonderful conversation with his mom. We, we talked about art and, and she was gone a couple of days later. And uh, you never know when it's your last time seeing somebody. So um, I was really giving thanks for knowing her and, and, uh, and, her, and her life and, and the impact um, that she had on, on the Winnipeg art scene and, and all of that. And, um, and uh, just, we talk about women as leaders and women as um, making a difference. And then there's all these amazing women heroes just all around us all the time making a difference and, and thinking about them too. Um, and, um, and making connection. So, um, you know, those, those young people that um, were struggling, I'm, I'm hearing from their friends saying we tried and we tried and I know they all tried. And it's sometimes it's just, you know, we keep trying and making connection. And, uh, and seeing how we can support them through these hard times. Uh, Rana was talking about the domestic violence, uh, mental health challenges are up. There's so much going on in our own backyard around mental health that we have to also um, look at too, um, as well as what's going on around the world. Um, and I think what Rana said too, give women a chance, because I do believe if more of us get into leadership roles, um, we too can make a difference in every part of this world. All right, you, you're on. <laughs> you're on, Nate. I'm, I'm scared to talk because my boy brain's going, do I have to be careful what I say in this group of women here? <laughs> oh. You're a hybrid right now. I'm a hybrid, yes. Um, I think what, one of the things that I really got in this conversation from start to finish so far is about how do we create brave spaces for people to stand up and talk about what's real and what's happening and be able to share with each other and like share with each other that we're struggling today or we're having a good day and why is it a struggle or why is it a good day? And we, we still live in this world that still has this taboo about sharing how we really are and, and we're getting better at it I really think it's that, like, and I, you know, I, I am going to say, I think women are often better at sharing what's actually occurring and being vulnerable because I, I, 
you know, I, I think as a society, we're still taught not to. And I think guys are often taught not to more than most. And mm -hmm. so I think, Rana, if we have women everywhere and women are sharing from their hearts, maybe we'll create um, like communities where everyone feels okay to share. And, um, you, you know, I was, was talking to someone about our business model, about how we give away equally as much as we earn, which is not the best business model, <laughs> but someone called it compassionate capitalism. Oh, and I thought, beautiful. love that term because it's how do we create compassion and empathy everywhere and allow those spaces. And so I think, Linda, when you talked about that, leadership and and truth be told when you were saying you know women aren't taught to lead and they're not taught to do what they want and they're taught to follow rules i was, I was saying to charlotte that wasn't my experience but that could be because i'm a little hybrid and i was like screw that women's stuff i'm just going where i want with it but um i i truly think when we when we start to share with each other that will be the difference when we stop. Uh, I hate to say this, but I'm going to. When we stop trying to pathologize everything that happens and we go, what is it? How does that feel? How is that impacting you? And forget I have to fit it into a box. Yes. And that is my piece for this evening. So thank you for letting this uh, little hybrid boy brain in this girl's body play with you all in, uh, you know, International Women's Day. <laughs> well, it's a big sandbox, Robin, so hey, we can all play. <laughs> Charlotte has to interpret for me sometimes, though. Like, you know, I'm going out to find a date and someone says something to me, I'm like, Charlotte, what did they mean? And I can't write this I do. This is probably why I don't have a date. I can't work it out. Oh, that'll be on the next show. Okay, all the things of do's and don'ts. We'll have a whole book for you, Robin, a handbook, okay, so you can just have it handy for you. But uh, it, does anybody else want to contribute anything uh, before we close off with Ona Lou and her song? Yes, Bev, yes. Go ahead. I just have a very, very quick, quick poem that related to something about connection. It's called Connection. Friends talking, life's an open book. Companions sharing, releasing their truth in safety and solidity, irreplaceable. Beautiful. Yes, indeed. Okay, Onalu. The stage is yours. Okay. Um, well, thanks very much. I loved listening to all of you. You're so inspiring. And I, this song that I am going to perform is called Diamante. I released it today. Diamante means diamond. And I, I chose this material because it's created in the highest pressure and temperature and then the fluids become this rock that is the hardest material known to men and this material that we value so much. And I love the analogy of diamonds and us when we overcome the hardships that, that we go through in life. 
um, and that's how I th I thought about it in this song. And on, on the lyrics, they are in Spanish. I'm sorry, but <laughs> that you won't be able to understand. But I I talk a little bit about the conditioning and and the things that are imposed on women in our lives. But ultimately, I I I thought it as a uh, an anthem for freedom for anyone who is feeling oppressed. Uh, in the pre-chorus I say something like, lift your eyes, lift your gaze, your time, your moment is now. Whoever has their foot on top of you, emerge from beneath, let them know you took that weight and you became a diamond. So that's kind of the, the message of the song. Um, I'll go on and share it with you all tonight. Happy International Women's Day. <laughs> Serás madre, esposa, amorosa o no serás nada La máquina te gasta de a poco Es como una venda en los ojos Va apagándose tu luz, va creciendo el enojo Alza la mirada, es tu tiempo ahora Sos una roca, tu fuerza desborda quien sea que te esté pisando, surgí de abajo y libérate. Sabrán que con sus pies pesados te hiciste diamante. Diamante, diamante. Tomaste su peso viejo, te hiciste diamante. psicológica van abriéndose caminos que sepan que hasta acá llegamos no es todo lo mismo confíate de tu grito interno no sos de vivir desde el miedo tu voluntad no está quebrada no es tuyo el desierto alza la mirada es tu tiempo ahora sos una roca tu fuerza desborda quien sea que te esté pisando surgí de abajo y libérate sabrán que con sus pies pesados te hiciste diamante 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 tomaste ese peso viejo te hiciste diamante Ya no quiero estar callada si hay tantas que lloran. Alza la mirada, 
roca, tu fuerza desborda. Quien sea que te esté pisando, surgí de abajo y liberate. Sabrán que con sus pies pesados te hiciste diamante. Tomaste su peso viejo, te hiciste diamante. Diamante, sos diamante. Tomé ese peso viejo y me hice diamante. Bravo. Thank you so much, Onalu. Ben, just a sidebar. <laughs> just a sidebar. You can see Onalu. She's going to be my special guest on Hugh Spotlight, a brand new show on March 16th. So uh, check it out because Onalu's going to have some new material too to perform. Thank you so much. And thank you to all of you for joining tonight. Bev, it's been an awesome evening. And we hope that you write many, many more poems because they are very, very inspiring. And to all of the other ladies, a very happy International Women's Day. And hey, it's not just one day. It's every day of the year for you guys, okay? Have a wonderful evening. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.